welcome in ladies and gentlemen let's get right into it okay so first contact if you don't know what this idea is it basically uh, is the well it just is what it sounds like the first contact that humans on earth have with extraterrestrial life um, and it kind of implies sentient extraterrestrial life so the Vulcans come down from outer space land on earth meet some farmers that's first contact now uh, I think based on the greater cultures of the world as they started today uh, if we were to have first contact in today's day and age I think we're going to do a few different things than uh, what the farmers may have done uh, or what the world governments may have done. So maybe not quite in this order, but just, you know, based off of who we are as people and uh, the societal trends and all that kind of stuff and how crazy people are. Uh, I definitely think we'll, at first, try to establish some communication with the aliens. I definitely think we'll try to uh, couple with the aliens. <laughs> I think we'll try to eat them. And we'll probably ask a bunch of bullshit questions about things that pseudo-matter to us. And no matter what their answers are, there's going to be a plethora of peoples that don't like those answers and will try to cancel the aliens and ban them from the planet yeah so first contact with us I I think it would be pretty messy if it happened in the here and now um, but you know it probably has already happened uh, especially considering that the U.S. government has basically been saying that they have recovered alien space vehicles and that they have programs and agencies designated to deal with extraterrestrial life. I mean, hell, we knew about Roswell and Area 51 forever. So, of, of course, of course. They would come out and say that. And the I mean, best place to hide something is in plain sight, right? Now, I say plain sight, those are restricted government areas. People can't just walk into them, but, you, you know, splitting hairs. I mean, if, if we imagine the aliens will choose to reach out to us like how the Federation decides to in, in Star Trek whenever they find new worlds. Um, as soon as they develop the technology that will allow interstellar travel, um, like a warp drive, as soon as a new world develops warp technology that allows them to travel the stars, Star Trek Federation reaches out and is like, hey, come on in. But if that's how the aliens that we get visited by decide to act whenever they reach out, 
it's possible that they may already have if they have detected that we have started using nuclear power in power plants and weapons back in World War II. And, you know, we just haven't gotten around to using it to power a space shuttle engine. I'm not sure if we could. It powers submarines just fine, though. And, I, you know, I'm pretty sure the only reason we haven't done that yet uh, with spaceships is because of a treaty that most of the major world governments agree to that keep weapons out of space. So anything that is nuclear-powered could be easily argued against by the signatures of that treaty. I, and, I mean, nuclear weapons in space would be pretty bad. <laughs> um, but this also does kind of hamper human beings in our efforts to create better and better methods of space travel. So what we're kind of forced to do, what we're kind of forced to shift our trajectory to um, is uh, instead of using nuclear fission-based style of engines, uh, we're going to have to try to jump straight to the nuclear fusion style. The difference between the two being that fission does exactly what it sounds like. It splits the atom, and that's what causes, you know, the atom bomb. And fusion, again, does what it sounds like, fuses things together, and it, it spits out more energy than the energy that is put into it. So you, it is a very rare occurrence where you get more energy out than you put in. There's a law of thermodynamics that tells us that you're never going to get more energy out of something than you put into it. If I push down a spring, then it's going to pop up with l less force than the amount that I used to push it down with. Right. So, you know, funny enough, that's exactly what an ion engine from things like Star Wars is it's a fusion engine reactor it's I mean that's where we get the name TIE fighter from it's an it's a, a shortened version of the words for a twin ion engine it's it's an anagram for twin ion engine but unless we remain content in you know, things taking hundreds of years for rich people to innovate and to get us into space a lot quicker, a lot safer, with the ability to travel faster than the whole one world government would definitely kind of have to happen because one unified Earth government would definitely be able to bolster the resources and manpower necessary to create the kind of tech we would need to achieve things a lot quicker. And I, I know that's a big scary notion, the whole one world government thing, but y you know, if it's done right, I don't think we're anywhere close to, you know, having the infrastructure or the 
the moral authority to be able to do that correctly. But, you know, I digress. So yeah, for our first contact, <laughs> I think that it happening in a Star Trek fashion would probably be the best way um, out of most major possibilities. I mean, Earth in Star Trek's history did go through a whole bunch of wars, and then there there was a big reunification, um, and then they, you know, joined the Federation. But, I mean, they made it. Uh, what, what was the end result? Instant food. Right? Uh, suits that you can pee in and it just goes away. Why? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, hell, replicators. They don't need money. You do not need money in the Star Trek universe. You, you could just, I, I mean, you think 3D printers are cool. Imagine a 3D printer times a billion in its capabilities. And that's what they have children use in the Star Trek universe. So, yeah, we, we could definitely uh, use that kind of technology. And we, we could have it if we have a Star Trek fashion first contact, where the aliens that come to us are benign and they have all of these rules and regulations and, you know, this is how first contact, first contact is supposed to go and, and we're supposed to protect these burgeoning developing worlds and peoples so yeah definitely the way to go now we could have a stargate or star wars scenario first contact where we get either completely enslaved by the aliens that find us or they install some sort of puppet government that just oppresses us through more menial and tedious methods um, I mean, we, we would be forced one way or another to slowly toil the way for evil overlords. You know, either working in a mine or in an office building. And a mine. But, you know, uh, in the case of the Star Stargate encounter also, we would be subject to having to worship a false pantheonic god under punishment of death so there's that also um, honestly that would kind of be preferable the Star Wars or Stargate first encounter um, it would be much preferable to a Warhammer 40k first contact scenario because then the entire world would just become like the death core of Krieg right? it, it would become Krieg where the Imperium of Man turns absolutely everyone on Earth into soldiers. It's, it's said that Krieg doesn't have citizens, only soldiers. So every man, woman, baby, elderly person, they're all turned into soldiers. And every building becomes a barracks to house said soldiers, or factories to build tanks, artillery, and fighter jets. 
Also, we would have to worship the emperor of mankind or suffer torture by the hands of the Inquisition. If not, you know, just straight up be instantly murdered and then have everyone around us or everyone that knew us also be murdered because they're guilty by association. And yeah, you do get uh, press ganged and into service and uh, you do have to worship a false deity in the Stargate encounter as well, but for you know, for the Warhammer 40k scenario, there's a lot more terrifying torture and it's a lot more painful, it's, it's a lot more horrific so yeah, de definitely don't want to do that um I also think that we want to avoid the Doctor Who universe encounter altogether because, I mean, the guy literally runs into almost nothing but evil alien races that are absolutely hell-bent on some kind of destruction or conquest. And, I, I mean, all, all of the worst ones come to Earth and and enslave the humans in some form or fashion. I mean, the Daleks, Cybermen, Centaurans. You know, basically any major villain race in Doctor Who. I mean, hell, the, the Master comes in and takes over England and then turns every human into another version of himself. I, I mean, they, they all trick us and double cross us and, and kill us immediately like as soon as they have an upper hand like that's pretty much the premise of the whole damn show really <laughs> the earth is screwed without the doctor swooping in and saving you know every 8 or 10 months or so I, I, I think we'll pass on that universe's scenario um Funny enough, I, I think the universe that we may want to have our first contact be like is Firefly. Because the origin of humanity venturing out into space was basically um, the Earth that was got used up. And uh, we, we ventured out into the stars where there was a hundred other Earths and we settled them like, like a great Western expansion. Um, and yeah, that's, that's all we got. They had no first contact in Firefly. There's no aliens. There's no non-human life in Firefly. So we already have a space government with the Alliance. Uh, and we have all of these fringe independent worlds. And they're all used to space travel there's a there's a space navy running around there's space cowboys and prostitutes and psychotic killers running loose i i think that leaves people in that universe pretty well equipped or more well equipped to handle a first encounter scenario better than us so i i guess that means we have to fast forward humanity maybe like two thousand years to where we get out into space after the quote-unquote Earth that was gets all used up. 
Yeah. I mean, that and the uh, Farscape universe, I guess, where you get some little earthworm thing and it, it buries itself into your brain so that you, you can understand alien languages. I mean, that, that would be an enormous help. And there are already humans out there in the Farscape galaxies, you know, aside from the ones that are on Earth. So all the aliens kind of already know what we are. They, they just have to get to know who we are and vice versa. Now that would obviously save a ton of time and trouble and, and you know, us trying to eat the aliens. Although that still might happen. Probably will happen. Definitely. No, it'll it'll definitely happen. But that might happen before we try and sleep with them. Or at the same time. Who knows? It it's kind of oddly reassuring that we as a race know that we will fall back on the most primal and base instincts and functions when faced with new living organic matter. Like those are the those are the questions that come to the forefront is how do we interact with this can we talk to it can we reason with it can we eat it can we bang it like what how how does uh how does the interaction with this other organic matter work do we pet it is it a pet who knows i, I mean i'll do whatever as long as it lands me on the deck of a battlecruiser, I get to command so I can go rogue and take over a whole solar system somewhere. Start my own colony with aliens. I mean, let's go. The, the amount of splinter factions and little fiefdoms and kingdoms that humanity would, would spawn if we got that kind of space travel, I mean, we would revert almost immediately to feudalism and monarchy. As soon as we can, you know, I, I mean, the boundless abundance of space, go for it, man. Like, it's an almost inevitable hubris that's sure to rear its head, you know, not long after whatever first contact scenario befalls us. As for who best to handle the interactions for humanity's first contact... I don't think anybody fits the bill. I, I, I don't think that there's a government on Earth that would broker some kind of deal or, or wouldn't shed any amount of favored light on themselves in order to assist in elevating themselves above every other nation on Earth. So, if our government meets the aliens, they're going to say, yeah, we rule this planet. So you deal with us nobody else and we'll coordinate with you and just screw everybody else I, I mean I, I don't think that there's an individual either um, the individual might be a little bit more trustworthy than the government but I, I don't I, there's not a 
person that's alive or dead that I can think of that would be able to resist that kind of temptation that that would be able to separate themselves from that manner of power I mean we'd, we would all like to tell ourselves that we would be the ones to resist you know maybe not just the temptation but that once in a billion lifetimes chance to take the reins of an outer space adventure that could span infinity think about that that is all I have time for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Sci-Fi Unchained. Stick around for more. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends. And may the Force be with us all.